0: A hitman with amnesia, dementia, rediscovers the exact place he stood as a child that reminded him of innocence right before he is killed. By Josh Diaz. Narrated by the author. Polymath Entertainment 2022. Meridian. Mexicana My birth as a five-year-old child Standing there on the white sands of the beach Near the blue house in Condominios Solway Mar Acapulco, Mexico I remember exact places, dates, and times I am very good with details That is what makes me an efficient killer A hitman When I was five, I was living in Mexico with my father, who was there handling his business. Far away from my mother, who he said had died of dysentery at the whore bar where she had worked. I am the son of a whore, I had thought, but dared not ask my father. I am sure if I had asked, he would have killed me. What my father did was handle shipments of oil at the port with the long road that penetrated into the sea off the southern Gulf shore of Mexico. Living in our house that looked like a mansion on the white sand beach, I walked one day in the sun of late June thinking of the coming of July. My father had told me that we would be leaving that night. He did not tell me where. He never told me where. We would just depart places and arrive at noon. My father had a very mysterious life. The place has to be solid, I thought. I want to remember. God, I want to remember. The colors of the sky were beautiful. The only memory I can remember so vividly. A shore anchor that would never leave or run away with time. Walking there on that beautiful and warm day on the white sand beach. I stopped suddenly after I felt something cold and metallic underneath my foot. I looked down, lifting my little five-year-old foot to see the top of a stone post that had a gold circular placard permanently affixed within the anchor pole. As I looked down at my small feet, I found I was standing on one with a gold placard that said to be with no period at the end. The apostrophes were solid brass, but out of place. The first backwards, the last properly placed, like a beginning pushed forward with a proper end. To be? When I looked up, I could see the blue house that was perfectly framed in my mind. I would spend the rest of my life attempting to get back there, Mostly, during the time when I remembered them least. How does this younger generation perceive death? The hitman looked at the digital obelisk, on the white sand beach by the blue house that showed a flash of digital and real memory of a man who was someone special in the metaverse. His image quickly washed away digitally, as a bright, happy-mouthed, candied teen said with the brightest voice that he was a man, a special man. Then his image washed away with the white and blue digital bath disappearing from the consciousness of the day, like colored sand never to be thought of or mentioned again. Gone. Like a smell in the wind. Flakes of paint. Never remembered. Grains of white nothing blown away into the deep empty of the earth like a disappearing sand castle. I stood there as an adult thinking of the colors of life. Life to me was like pulling a long piece of molted snakeskin, still attached, slowly revealing the beauty of what was hidden beneath. That was before my head injury. I remember catching a copper snake that had red spots with black circle spots surrounding them. I pulled the molted skin until it revealed the freshest colors of snakeskin. Beautiful, vibrant, and rich with new. That moment when I was five, would be representative of all life for me moving forward. No please don't I have a son. No, no, no. no. don't please. No. no I have a son. I have a son <laughs> begged the pleading man who was on his knees as the hitman fired his silenced weapon into the head of the thin and hooded man, who was now stiff and twitching as death consumed him. I just, I just had to have the, the dead skin, skin to find to life, again. life again. If I could move forward without killing, I would. It's the only, it's thing, the only thing though that can make the Pain in my head go away. The hitman is rubbing his head as he stands over the still body of the man he just murdered as the blood pooled around the entry and exit wounds. The, the color, color of and of the light that, light that reflected in, in the, the blood was quite fantastic. fantastic. The hitman was lost in the beauty of its presence. The, the moment, moment was, was, for the hitman, beautiful. But then... And began to remember what the man had said before I turned his lights out. I have a son. The hitman looks sad. He turns his head away, but his eyes are still glued to the man on the floor with the blood that looked like living dead art. Rubbing his head again, reminiscence so of when I fell off swing, the swing, hitting my head that great oak tree root i am going to talk until i am sure someone can listen someone out there right now is reading my thoughts maybe Maybe, that someone is you that someone is you the only moment i can remember that wasn't the pain in my head since that day a young boy the hitman screams wildly, uncontrollably as his mother cries as a doctor attempts to examine him. The, the moment, moment I had let, let go in that, swing, that swing. I let go in that moment when I was five. My moment of absolute freedom would equal death for the world. As the memory of the hitman plays out, He sees himself swinging on the swing as a child, simultaneously standing by the swing, looking at the digital wash wash of blood that covers the earth and people who walk around normally as if nothing has happened, juxtaposed with the memory of his childhood traumatic moment and the woman on the beach in Mexico where he stood as an adult. A great ocean of blood. I would create the blood ocean washes away the earth like the digital remembrance of the man from the metaverse the hitman looks at himself as a child as the 5-year-old version of himself swings throwing up his hands like a little angel ready to fly as the swing seat swung back the boy, the fell, boy forward, fell forward hitting, hitting his, his head, head face-first face first. on an oak root between the bridge of his nose and skull I, I let go, go in that moment, moment when, I was, when five. I was five. My moment of freedom would equal death for the world. Wait, wait, wait. I said that.
1: A wild weekend you had X,
0: Marissa said to the hitman. X. The hitman says nothing. Marissa ex's handler and disseminator of killing tasks looks with wild fascination at her secret one true love she knows he was at a secret Secret underground underground, underground, sadomasochistic dungeon where he performed open bloodlettings that he took a bath in as he masturbated dark dark secrets secrets. he was paid to know was paid to know at least that was what her sick mind imagined when she sent him on assignment x the hitman never said anything he just received the information and completed the tasks that always ended in someone else's death are Are you still still having trouble remembering remembering details? details marissa asked x who was staring down at his feet as he sat in the chair like a perfectly placed skeleton here take a pill Marissa said, pushing a red and white pill across her desk toward X. X, X, taking the pill off of the desk, looked up at Marissa with a cold death stare that that frightened frightened her. her. She was excited nonetheless, and felt her legs open slightly underneath the desk. To her, X was a beautiful man that did not know how beautiful aesthetically he was. He could could have have been a movie star. But he is a hitman. And nothing will change that now. I have have your your new new assignment. assignment. It's an Acapulco. X looked up with a shock in his eyes that made Marissa freeze with fascination. Wildly, she started to pleasure herself underneath her desk, not caring if X knew what she did. did. He could smell her clungy cunt like an animal. Acapulco... X said, looking paler than usual. Marissa, now wildly fascinated with X's unbecoming show of emotion, marveled at a thin veneer of sweat that began to form on the outer dermis of X, that then turned to beads, that then fell like falling tears onto his suit and tie. He's frightened of Acapulco, Mexico? Why? Marissa thought with insatiable curiosity as she began to orgasm, letting the crook of her mouth open, slightly revealing a smile as her eyes fluttered behind her black-rimmed glasses. X just stared at her like still death. Her seat was definitely soaked now. You're bad at that, X said with a low gravel in his voice that sounded ancient He spoke for a second time, Marissa thought, becoming bored with her sexual lust for X. X grabbed the folder off of Marissa's desk and moved like a phantom wind out of the room. He would be in Acapulco by nightfall. Chapter 2 I distribute death, not receive it. X, the hitman, got. The night of Acapulco was warm and dense with moisture. The breeze was nice. A faint memory of birth flooded X as he exited the private plane that had landed auspiciously, without need of a control tower man's blessing. This flight line was secret. It was on no maps. Just a line from the sky. The fear... That X was feeling was new. All, all he could think all of he could was the time of. on the arch, beach arch, as, a child. as a child. Moving now, I am in the car. I am sitting here in my leather seat being ushered toward my next final kill. Will this be the one that ends me? My nervousness cannot hide. I have not been able to enjoy the light of day since that day, when I fell off of that terrible swing, hitting that root that was from a tree older than my great-grandmother. Night is the only time that I can arrive. The only time I can feel the darkness protect me from the light, so I can think my dark thoughts that always lead to someone else's death. Dark shadow was on the move, Marissa had said as I exited her office. The way she was turning in her chair to the left, with her left foot as her Aaron chair's armrest hit the glass table slowly back and forth, making the sound of wisping brush. A whisper slowly and methodically. If I ever see Marissa again, I am going to kill her. That wet bitch, I'll make red. As sure as X was born, he would have. But I'll never see her again. That time is gone. What lays before me is an ending. The properly placed apostrophe at the end of my to-be. How would it end? I... When I was a child standing there on the beach, with the anchor post beneath my foot, I forbade myself at the time from moving forward toward the blue house that I now knew was a hotel. I wanted to keep walking the beach, but something stopped me. I was forbidden from seeing the interior of the blue hotel. I imagined if I had seen, I would be dead. I don't know how or why, I just knew that I would be gone from this earth. I have always wanted to return to that blue hotel standing tall on the beach. I wanted so very much to see its interior. I wanted to remember and find the source of that noise that had sounded like wet slapping concrete and dirt. A red light flashed on my watch. Take your pill forgetting which pocket I put the pill into. I searched them all as the cab drove me further into town. Finding it finally in my inner breast pocket, just above my chest strap that held my gun and my magazines filled with cyanide-filled bullets, I found the pill. I grabbed it, forgetting momentarily why I needed to take it. Is this pill going to poison me? I thought, and looked at my black digital watch that flashed a bright red square that turned into a pill. If it is important enough to be on my wrist, as a reminder, it must be important enough for me to take it. So So now, I'll put it it into into my my body. I'm not lazy, I'm just forgetful, I said out loud, disturbing my cab driver who turned his head back where I could see the dark brown brush broom on his lip flex and even quiver. Que, senor? The cabbie asked, not sounding remotely prepared to receive the information even if I had something to say to him. There was an odd pause, and then the whisper of a ghost from my past. I began to remember a man in my life who was very important to me. He was running away in my mind, though getting on a night plane, like Like I I had had just done. Who is the the man? man, I asked. The cabbie looked through his rearview mirror that wasn't a mirror but a camera. He could see I was holding a pill in my open hand. Take your your medicine, medicine, senor, he said. Looking down at the pill, I waited for my arm to move but soon remembered I was the one that would have to move it to put the pill into my mouth. I bent my head down, licking the white pill up, swallowing it dry. It was in that moment that I finally knew I was done. I had dementia, and I had to accept it. The reality of death is something that could be fashioned as something admirable and fun in the augmented realities that now surrounded us all. Humanity had taken a stark dive into the digital abyss, abandoning the real world almost all at once, within the last generation. The failure of humanity had become the success of others. Predators. I never took part in the fucking metaverse. I only trained in it. The ability to repetitiously kill someone over and over, making it as easy as dropping off a piece of mail... Was invaluable to a man like me in the kind of profession that had chosen me after my head injury as a child. The frontal lobe damage on my brain made me the perfect sociopath, I was told by Marissa, who had tried to jerk me off underneath her desk. Her kink was feeling free to do anything she desired when she wanted to. Being in the presence of me, the man who killed at will, when told, And not told, made her feel wild. It was sex for her. Wild, kinky, whatever. Whenever, however. I might as well have been a eunuch because I had no desire to fuck. Death was a very simple reminder that I did not want to procreate. Ever. Ever. I had no business returning souls, only giving them their ticket and fare to see God Almighty. The rain against the glass of the cab was soothing. If If I I were still a child, before the head injury, I would have thought it were sad. I see heaven. I see the colors of heaven. I can feel the colors all around me when I close my eyes, releasing me to God's embrace. Death, for me, was beautiful. I wondered if my own death would be beautiful. I wondered if I would be whimpering, or staring above with tears of joy in my eyes. My heart is racing. So I know that I am still human, and have a desire to survive this death sentence as long as I possibly can. I had never thought so long about my own mortality. The The pill must be kicking in. Sitting back against the cab leather, I leaned into the window glancing with my eyes to see that the cab driver had no rear view mirror. The mystery of how he saw me remained in my mind some time after I had left his presence some may not ever wish to see a monster the, the reality, reality generators, generators were everywhere, everywhere. People needed to improve upon their lives beyond augmented and virtual realities, making the real one whatever you you wanted wanted it to to be. You could, with a pinprick of a shot in your right thumb, get connected to these reality generator machines that looked like standing bone creature sculptures, modeled after a brain synapse, and begin to imagine the world you always dreamed of having. There was a risk, though, It could turn bad, a nightmare that you could never wake up from. You would find people huddled dead or sometimes alive, screaming of torments that were attacking them. They had the dark inside of them, and they could not turn it off. Some created beauty, others horrors beyond individual imagination, horrors only divinely unique to the experiencer projecting them. I never understood the need for hyper reality. I was prone to loving the two dimensional art of cinema. I loved the color of light in a dark room that cinema illuminated. A pastime that did not make my eyes and head hurt. Acapulco had its very own reality generator now, it looked freshly installed. I could see bits and pieces of humanity on the streets you could always spot the realityers by how joyous and happy they were on their feet out of place looking wackadoodles that spent their time in the richest fantasies their minds could produce mexico still had a healthy pure human population they still had real people throwbacks to the time of the aztecs souls reincarnated into vessels that could not let go of the land they left behind several lifetimes ago perhaps they were sacrificed and any new experience in a new life was silly and inferior to them the feeling of their own death was what kept them here i fantasied that when i am killed or dying i will enjoy it like you would enjoy sex caught in the titillation of pain swept away in an ocean of terror as my mind began to hallucinate thinking that all of this was permanently real. Titivate. I noticed the imperfections of my suit began to show themselves from the long night of travel. I couldn't stand a wrinkled mass of a suit. I would need to change soon. Soaked by the night and the land I waited for my tailor to finish his measurements awaking suddenly I felt the brakes squeak adios, adios. the cabby said as he sat looking forward waiting for me to exit the cab and left the cab like a shadow I felt faint I had not yet acclimated to the warm air of Acapulco I could see the palm trees around me swaying the houses The ones that I had remembered as a child standing in their places like haunted mansions from the past. This town, once vibrant, had become a skeletal remain of itself. My presence intensified this reality. As I stood, I began to remember. When the coconut fell from the tree hitting me on top of the head, I thought I had been shot by God. A young voice whispered. Su para las ratas. A bolder adult voice said with crass finality. Ya yeah? empezaste el sangra por tu Ya? Yeah. The mother asked. No, mama. The daughter responded mother they're asking yeah, to ask her God got her period yet awake now when I awoke, the mother screamed, slapping me across the face, <laughs> pulling a knife, placing it on my throat, about to cut it. I grabbed the knife, kimoring her arm, making her scream out. Her daughter leaped onto my back, attempting to choke me as she bit into my left ear, making me cry out with pain. Ah! I stood brushing her off onto her mother, and looking at the black blade that was now in my hand. I didn't even remember how I had gotten the knife. The woman I could see had scars on her face. Her long, black hair couldn't cover them. She looked at me as her daughter hid behind her, looking at me like a wild, feral jungle cat. I flipped the knife in my hand, throwing it into the coconut on the ground, blade-first sending it nearly all the way through. The coconut that nearly killed me needed, needed to die first. It had it coming. Then, maybe these two. The mother was startled by the handling of her knife that was wielded by a gringo with such proficiency. La de the mother hissed wide-eyed, now cutting me with the mean slits of her eyes. Así que I responded not remembering that I could speak Spanish. I was automated with my pill injected. I bent over and picked up the coconut that tried to kill me using the blade as a handle. I pulled out the blade and held the coconut above me letting the water drip into my mouth. I was severely dehydrated and needed to rapidly hydrate. Coconuts were the best medicine to do that. I stumbled toward the beach on the sandy road that was built in between the houses. The Blue Hotel was only a quarter mile away. When I finally looked at the assignment papers in the red folder, I was nervous. I had never been nervous about an assignment. I didn't know why I was nervous. I didn't trust my feelings with the reality fakery that was ever-present. But I did trust my intuition. Too bad... It relied on blood. The hit was to take place inside the Blue Hotel that I had never forgotten from my childhood. I'll finally see what's inside, I thought as I looked out onto the beach shore, feeling at ease with my surroundings. Sensorial memories from childhood flooded my experience. All the reality generators in the world couldn't replace this expulsion of memory that I get to swim in like a warm bath. The mark would be brought to me, like the others were. I would dispose of them. A big open space in the middle for me to see the blood gleam in the moonlight. But who is the mark? That is what made me nervous. I didn't know. When I looked up to see that day had filled in the living space of the house I was now in, I began to see what looked like the ghost of my father. It was a memory that was being played out by a new type of reality generator. An upgraded advancement I had not been aware of. The town reality generator was now reading my mind and showing me holographic-like projections that were realer than real. The memories I had thought could never be seen again. I stood weeping as a spectator. The presence of father was too much. I would have had a better time standing before the face of God. Son, look at me, father said to the younger me. I stood thinking, attempting to remember the memory this was. I could not outright remember the details of the evolving moment from the past that was playing out in front of me like a memory pantomime theater. I looked at my younger self, wondering what I was thinking as I, as a child, looked down at my father's penny loafers. He was not wearing any socks, which disgusted me. Looking at the side of my child-sized head, I suddenly was rushed into my younger mind. I could see, feel, and think as I once had. I was now five years old again. Looking up at my father, I was struck with how much detail I could see in his face. My younger mind and eyes that could see clearly were startling. When you age like me, you will know. You cannot hang onto these vanities. Teresa is a beautiful girl, but you cannot rely on impressing her with looks. You have to try to win her heart, and only that can be done by finding out what her needs are and finding out a way to see if you can fulfill them. You have to be able to fulfill her. My dad said. I looked down to see that I had on half a suit, a black bow tie. My father's hung around my neck. My father reached down, grabbing the bow tie, pulling it over the top of my head. You are not ready to dress like that yet. You only put on pretty things when you have constructed a man underneath it, filling it with the hopes and dreams of others. I sobbed. Suddenly, back in my adult body... I looked to see my father holding my hand, walking me out of the living space with the large glass windows facing the ocean, walking me to the beach, where he and I played frisbee with my imaginary dog, whom I named Wee Wee. Collapsing to the floor, I cried, releasing the power of ten lifetimes through my wails. After my head injury, I had lost key moments of my childhood, not able to remember explicit details. I always knew that I couldn't remember these details, which is why I developed my mind to reach such proficiency with remembering assignment details. It was a way to compensate, to do a meticulously good job for the people that let me kill at will. I realized in that moment that I had been living behind a wall, a mask of rage, because I couldn't remember the beautiful parts I had to make the world death. I felt lost. I could still hear my father speaking to me as we played. People today rely on their vanities. Their looks, they will age. The ones who have made all their money based on their looks will drive themselves into madness because they won't be able to stop mortality from happening to them. They will age, prune, decay. My father said to me as he threw the frisbee, letting the wind carry it to me like a message from God i caught it with one hand smiling at my leaping achievement broom like my hand in the pool i asked my father throwing the frisbee back to him worse he responded giving a smirk like he did when he knew i was learning that was his great joy teaching me the hallucination halted once i had begun to really wail the memories in reality detail was too much to handle Flashing over my mind was a message that was at first in Spanish and now in English. It read, Would "Would you like like to to be 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 permanently unlinked from Reality 4.0? The option to permanently disconnect was presented. All I had to do was think of the answer. Yes or no. I chose no. I followed my father and younger self out to the beach where the deep of my subconscious memory played out. I wondered how many lives would be destroyed or liberated because of this new intrusive technology. Could be Be good good for business. business. I thought as I watched my father look at his wristwatch. as my younger self stared at his feet, standing between the hard pack wet sand and the lapping ocean water. I could hear the complaints in my younger mind. I was not able to express myself the way I wanted. I always had something to say but never the courage to confront my father with my own version of his ideas. I became paranoid, suddenly wondering if others could be aware of me just by my being linked to the Reality 4.0 generator. I looked behind me, wanting to pull my gun. When I turned, I saw the little Spanish girl who had tried to rob me. She was crying with tears in her eyes as she slowly walked forward. Still, with my hand on my gun, in my breast jacket, I stared with hard eyes of stone. I looked back to my father, who was standing calmly staring into the infinite horizon of the ocean. I became relaxed myself. I walked up to the little Spanish girl waiting for her to speak. I spoke first. Chapter 3. Mr. Dips. Here to try and take my wallet again, I said to the little Spanish girl. She looked up at me with streaming tears. No sé, she responded. She did not speak English. She pointed to the front of the house where she ran motioning me to follow her. When I got to my temporary living room... I found her mother holding copper fixtures while she contorted and jolted her body, obviously having some kind of violent seizure. Are you Dala? The little girl screamed at me. I was not a doctor. I was a killer. I have never been asked to help someone in a medical need like in this moment. I stared at the mom, who was writhing and contorting with violent jolts. I noticed the little girl kept looking behind me at the beach. I looked back to see my subconscious was still projecting the memory reality of my childhood. Can the little girl see my own mind hallucinate forgotten memories? Wow. I looked at my father who was smiling at me, the younger me. I then felt a tug on my hand from the little Spanish girl. I turned my head to see her pleading eyes look up at me for help. The grace in her eyes, the peace behind the tears, I I went for my gun, 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 intending intending to kill them both, them both, both, but couldn't. I was stopped, and looked at my father, who was holding my younger self. The girl could see the memory too, for the first time in my life. I bent down and helped someone in need. I put the mother on a couch. She was chanting something in Spanish that I assumed to be a desperate prayer to her God. Grace has no meaning here. I quipped coldly. The little girl looked up at me, smiling, still holding her mother's hand. Any English spoken by me would have been new and fun for the little girl to hear, even though the words were without grace. I didn't like the contrast of realities. I was death. These people represented the clinging onto of life. As I tended to the mother, who refused to look at me, the little girl made her way to the glass window that faced the beach. I looked back to see my father had a butterscotch dipped ice cream cone in hand, with me eating my own. We were both smiling. The little girl was in a trance looking at my father and my younger self connect with the ice cold treat. I could see the little detail of candy bees on the exterior of the butterscotch-hardened surface. A new flood of sensorial memories flooded my senses. The Spanish mother gripped my hand suddenly. It was clammy and sweaty. Muerta. No la mates. Matame. No ella, she said clinging to me, desperate. She looked at her daughter. I did not understand her words. I could assume it was for me to take care of her daughter. But there was only one word I did understand. Muerta. Death. She called me Death. The mother knew what I I was. was. The mother looked over behind me looking terrified. There was a man screaming and dragging a girl with long wild hair into the living space. I went for my gun but realized the hair of the younger girl was the hair of the mother on the couch. Her reality was being played out too only much more traumatic. The man had a razor blade in his hand and began slashing the face of the younger woman. The mother screamed, holding her face that held the memory of those fresh scars. (laughs) The mother screamed as she pointed to the memory. I went for my gun, but that would not help, even if I fired. The traumatic scene played out with the screams ever-present and terrifying. I got on my knee next to the woman on the couch and looked at her. She could suddenly see the invisible screen option, like I had seen. She She screamed, screamed, screamed. The Mexican man with the razor blade and the younger version of the mother disappeared instantly. Luckily, the little girl had made her way out to the beach and did not hear the screams. She was too busy playing with the younger me as my father watched. I tried to think that the memory of the girl was something that I had mistaken for another girl, but it wasn't. When I was a child, I remember being really sad that a girl I had wanted to take to a dance had rejected me because I did not have the right kind of clothes that would indicate I was rich. It was why I had wanted to wear my father's bow tie. The little girl that played with my younger self was creating new memories for me that I remembered as a child, that came to me as an adult. My father watched as she and the younger I played together. How was this possible? The reality generators were now fucking with the memory of time. I didn't understand if it was my subconscious remembering the moment as it happened, or if the memory of me had created the new memory and I was just becoming aware of it. Eight. The number eight appeared in my mind. It was the number of the ice cream cart that my father and I had frequented. It was the cart that had the ice cream dip machine. I felt a flood of new memories. My father was holding the hand of my younger self and the little girl now. They were walking in between the beach houses toward the ice cream cart that was now across the road. I followed. The cart was there, but I didn't know if it was there in present time. There was the big eight on the cart now I remember this I I suddenly hated technology it felt perverse messing with time and memory of events was no way to have fun at least not for me the ice cream cones were made and handed to the little Spanish girl and my younger self as my father held two more cones in his hand for himself suddenly my father and younger self disappeared the young Spanish girl was too entranced by the butterscotch cone to notice. What was left was a cart with an old, hardened-looking Mexican man that had a white eye. The name on his cart was Mr. Dips. Mr. Dips did not look happy. I didn't like that he was there when the memory of my mind faded. How could he be here? and the in the exact, exact position. position. Mr. Dipps looked at me and only me, his one good eye, hard as stone, with the focus of a laser. ¿Te un cono de helado? Nina? Mr. Dips asked, not taking his good eye off of me. Mr. Dipps held in his hand an ice cream cone dipped in white chocolate with red swirls tiny candy bees covered the cone itself the little spanish girl could not believe her good fortune she accepted the cone with ice cream dripping smiles i could sense the mother behind me and looked to see she was leaned against the beach house alley wall crawling toward us still looking abused and traumatized i looked back to the man at the cart mr dips he was gone he was gone the cart remained the number eight was still in my mind I sent the woman on her way with her daughter that was all smiles with her ice cream cones I could have no distractions now I had to prepare for the mark to be executed he or she would soon find the blackest of night because of me when I thought of the red folder that contained the information about the mark my mind went blank. I inspected the ice cream cart. It was empty. There were no, no ice, cream ice, creams. ice creams. I looked to the mother and the daughter that were still walking slowly toward the center of town away from me. Muerta. The little girl, whose name I did not know, walked next to her mother, still holding her ice cream cone. I wondered if it were real or some kind of holographic memory projection. A kind of permanent augmented reality, a novelty appearing real. I looked to see the drip of some of the ice cream had landed on the top of my black leather shoe. I bent down, wiping it off with my index finger, tasting the vanilla sweetness. It definitely seems real, I thought as I looked at the woman and her child not remembering who they were or why I was standing there looking at them leave. The sway of palm trees and warm air that cloistered them was the only sense of familiar within me. The pill had worn off. I had forgotten to take the next one. My wristwatch was missing. All I could think of was the emblemized name Mr. Dips. I stood there by the rusted abandoned ice cream cart for several hours before I made my way back toward the house. The only house that I could remember. The blue house on the beach by the shore. It was less than a quarter mile away. away. Now son, I want you to listen to me. A strange yet familiar man said to me. By the beach shore. One thousand feet from the blue hotel on the beach that was bright and blue. The light that was reflecting off of the white sand made the blue look brilliant and luminous. You can't go there, my son. The man said, who looked younger than I was. Who am I? I asked in my head with a voice I did not recognize. I looked at the man who was looking at me with intense pleading eyes. I felt tears well up in my eyes, but I did not know why i would be crying or feeling such emotion to feel such a welling of eye water there There is is nothing for you here my son you must leave at once the man my i felt the tears stream on my face under the risen hot sun i kept getting glimpses of familiarity remembering childhood things from a child's perspective that almost allowed me to recall who this tall, handsome man before me was. I wanted to hug him, so I did. The man embraced me there on the beach shore as I cried tears, tears of sorrow. I felt so lost. I had no understanding as to the why. I I was was sobbing sobbing now. The man reached into my breast pocket on my jacket and pulled out a white pill with red candy lace lines wrapping its exterior. You must take your pill now, son, so that you can remember." I took the pill from the man, cracking it open with my fingers spilling the contents into my mouth so that it would absorb faster. It was like I was breathing and drinking in life with the pill. The anxiety of needing to know where and who I was was so overwhelming and overpowering that it brought me to my knees. I used a handful of seawater to wash down the pill as quickly as possible. Looking around, red-eyed, lost, and afraid, I began to make animal-like noises that produced no language. Despite cries for the freedom of my memory to return, I looked into the distance at a blue hotel that was not that far away. It was a beautiful building that made me want to run to it. My father was on one knee now next to me, embracing me from the side. You can't go there, son. You must leave town. You are in great danger, my father said, as I suddenly remembered who he was. Father! Father! father. As my father embraced me as his son, I wept and wept, holding on to him, my face buried in his chest. I pulled my head up to see him, I haven't seen you since I was a boy. Why? I asked. As soon as I asked, his face became rotten and decayed. Worms and maggots filled his eyes. I screamed leaping back as my father fell hitting the beach, turning into snakes and maggots. Within another five minutes, I remembered that my father had perished in a plane crash. The plane that was... To fly us out of here. I had stayed behind. I had wanted to see what was inside the Blue Hotel. The woman. I remembered the woman on the beach when I had discovered the shore anchor with the bronze emblem that had to be solidified in its its shine. She had been the only woman on the beach that day that I discovered my fate. My father left me with her, telling me that he had to go on his trip without me. I was joyous knowing that I would have more time to explore the Blue Hotel further. I wanted to see its open interior. I wanted to see its open interior. Did, did I have a mother? No, I did not. The woman on the beach who I had been left with became my mother after my father's plane crashed at takeoff. He died in a fiery crash. I learned later that he had been alive upon impact. I looked down at my feet like I had when I was a child. The rot of my father on the beach had turned into fire. My father had burned alive, running from the plane after it crashed. That was a memory of knowledge I wanted to forget. Maybe I won't take the next pill. As the memory of my father literally burned on the beach next to me, I wept. The lapping of the ocean waves soothed me as I lay my head on the cool wave, hard sand. These little pieces of her are everywhere. These, These little pieces, pieces, pieces of her are everywhere. everywhere. The despondent mother had said to me when she caught me having just killed her young daughter. What the mother did not know was that she was next. She, she moved me. about her little girl's room that it had, had the pink, pink and, blue and blue walls. walls with dolls and and stuffed up animals animals neatly placed about the room room that was was as big as an entire apartment. apartment. I I never never asked asked why I was sent to kill people. people. I just did it. If If I was was given the order to kill you, you you would be killed. killed. I should have killed the mother immediately, but I didn't. I watched as she neatly (laughs) tidied up the pieces of brain and skull and placed them back on her daughter's head attempting to put her favorite porcelain doll back together again I, I stood, stood in, in the, the dark, dark shadow, shadow as i stared at them the mother bent over meticulously placing the skull back in place like, like she, she were configuring, configuring the is. puzzle nothing, nothing will save you me, she said to me with her back facing me hunkered over her broken and destroyed daughter's head I raised my gun, gun. thinking she maybe had a gun herself or maybe she had a security person I wasn't aware of. But I I knew knew there was no such such thing. I performed my work based on thorough information that was insurmountable. I remember feeling a chill of some dark emotion. The stillness in the mother's voice. The fact that she was not crying was odd to me. People plead. They beg. They scream bloody torments in an attempt to save themselves. I I felt felt bested bested in that moment. I looked around the room, realizing I had taken a precious life of someone. When I looked back at the woman, she was standing in front of me. Standing in the light, looking right into my eyes, with her head tilted down at an angle. From the darkness... I raised my Silence FNX-45 Tactical and fired the last bullet I had fired exploding her skull spewing out her brain all over her neatly and tidied daughter that had a collected pile of skull and brain. The mother fell back onto her daughter. They looked like they were sleeping in a field together, colors Colors of of synesthesia, light, filled my mind, hmm, 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 I hummed, I couldn't stop staring at the collected bits of brain and skull from the little girl that the mother had collected. In that moment, I felt like putting my own gun into my mouth, and dying with them. I could be a husband and father to them in the afterlife, I had thought. I unscrewed the silencer and put the gun in my mouth. My watch began to beep red and green. It was time to call back to home base and let them know that job had been completed. All I had to do was press the green on the wristwatch. I pulled the gun out of my mouth and looked at the room that had been made dead by my hand. It was then that I knew that I was in trouble. I was growing a conscience. Nothing would save you. The mother suddenly appeared in front of me, holding the head of her daughter cradled in the crook of her arm. I awoke on the beach with the surf nearly drowning me. I looked to see the sun was setting. It was time to see what was inside of the blue hotel on the beach. I could hear the laughing of a playful mother and daughter in the short distance, not too far away. Chapter 4. Family Time As I walked toward the blue hotel on the beach, I began to feel nervous. My heart was racing. There was a gringo mother and daughter playing on the beach, running, playing tag with one another. Blood stained their clothes. Their skulls were not together at the backs of their heads. I was horrified. I knew I shouldn't feel anything, but I did. My watch kept flashing red. I didn't know what that meant, Who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? I kept walking toward the blue hotel on the beach, like it were a guiding light that was going to save me from the torment and pain that I was feeling. Stiff feelings that I couldn't remember why they were there inside me. The wind was not present. It was usually still and calm. The mother and daughter began circling me on the edge of the surf, laughing iconically. They swirled around me. The mother grabbed my left hand, the little broken girl my right. They began to twirl me on the beach. The mother's white eyes and the daughter's missing left eye... The one that I had shot to end her made me cry out in horror. The mother laughed like she could laugh for eternity. It was a jeering laugh that made my blood run cold with envy. Envy? I asked myself internally. I began to puke as we spun in a hand-holding circle. I threw up up blood. blood. I suddenly remembered I had to take my pill. I reached into my jacket pocket to feel that they had dissolved in the surf had enveloped me on the beach. I licked my fingertips in an attempt to get some of the pills into my system. I could taste the bitterness of the pills. Sparks of memory began to flood my mind. Why was I envious of the woman, I thought. The stillness of the ocean and the air was unnerving to me. I felt out of place. The woman, who I realized finally was a holographic projection from my subconscious displayed by the town's upgraded reality generator, looked right into my eyes, holding the back of her head so her brain would not fall out of her broken skull, which I had caused so long ago. "'You wish to be dead,' she said. I shook my head no. I was stunned to find that I had not ever thought of my own death, I had been completely indifferent to it for all this time. Being death itself, it would have been oxymoronic to be afraid of it. I have have not made my peace, I thought. I looked up to see the killed woman and child were in the distance of the beach past the blue hotel that was now to the right of my focus. I stood there on the beach feeling the sand underneath my feet, I looked at the woman and the child ghosts waving to me in the distance, smiling with my eyes. I could see that they were whole again. The damage caused by me, the damage caused by me, made perfect again by the touch of God. I walked toward them. The first step forward. I felt a familiar hard metal circle underneath my naked foot. I looked down to see the anchor post was still there. The bronze placard still there. To be more vivid than ever. I looked toward the hotel's center grand opening that was meant for community to be set in front of the beach. I stepped forward for the first time, breaking the feared plane of the invisible barrier that had barred me from entering the Blue Hotel as a child. I looked at the mother and child I had killed in the distance. They were still waving as I moved impenetrable darkness into the heart of the Blue Hotel. Chapter 5 The Blue Hotel I felt lifted by invisible forces. I felt very light, free, the heaviness of my existence was lifting. Better live it up quick, quick! I thought. I couldn't tell anymore what was real. The reality generators were fucking everything up for me, making ethereal sacredness an abominable novelty. Is this the next stage of my evolution? My... chink? chink. chink? chink. chink. What's chank? One step felt lighter than the next. It was as if someone were walking for me, performing the skeletal movement on my behalf. I felt like I was on a ride. I stood before the gray concrete steps that hovered above the beach shore as the waves began to move at my feet. The The tide tide is coming in. in. Get up there, quick, My inner voice encouraged, sounding like it had when I was a child. The stillness was becoming deafening. The sound of the waves disappeared. Chank. Chink. Chank. Chank. Chink. I looked over to see my younger five-year-old self helping me find my grip on the concrete steps. Bright-eyed and happy to help, I was startled to see the bright light in my eyes that had once been with me before the head injury. I felt darkness. I felt... I was the dark. Hurry. hurry, hurry. You have, have to, to go, go meet him. him. Younger me him. encouraged adult me as I stood on the lowest rung of the right. concrete step. Meet who? I thought. Change. 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 Younger 5-year-old me yelled, smiling and giggling as he ran off into the surf, disappearing into the ocean that looked chaotic for only a moment. I thought the ocean had turned red. The red is splashing. I turned back to face the blue hotel that now stood like a monolith over me. With each step, I took up the concrete steps that were slanted by the washing away of its base by the impending ocean. I remembered the shored anchor post with the bronze metal encrusted on its top. To be... I felt the apostrophe end was now facing me. The Blue Hotel was the end of a propelled journey into the living hegemony of smiling minds. I could see into the heart of the Blue Hotel now. It was as dark as me inside. I stood on solid ground now, stumbling Stumbling toward 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 the the abyss. A thrill, a rush of my heart enlivened me, causing the crook of my mouth to raise into a smirk. Each step toward the Blue Hotel was a profound victory of human achievement. I felt childlike again as my invisible angels hoisted me toward, taking walking actions that brought me closer to the Blue Hotel's base steps. The Blue Hotel appeared to be empty, abandoned, not kept to the high standard that I had remembered it to be. It's, it's not, not the exterior, exterior. It's, it's the, the interior, interior that makes interior. a man. My deceased father said walking past me, holding a silver tray of shrimp, wearing a maitre outfit. I watched as my father walked directly into the ocean, holding the tray of perfectly placed shrimp bowls on the tips of his right hand. He too disappeared into the server another momentary disturbance underneath the ocean surface that turned red father 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 father, father. 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 <laughs> i cried out caught between two persons inside sounding like a duplicity of momentary schizophrenic wails part of me was inhuman A dark aberration of killed off brain cells that had been my humanity before my head injury. Those cells felt like they were coming back to life. Maybe Maybe the reality reality generators are healing my mind. I looked to see me standing as a teenager. There was a war going on all around me. As I sat at a desk slumped over holding a military communication device, a soldier ran over to me as I spoke into the mic giving orders to kill them all. He kicked out my chair, ordering me to stop the killing. I continued to drone out information that the enemy had not yet been destroyed. The death Death. would not stop unless I was stopped. Allegory, played out like live-action theater, made possible to be seen by fourth-dimensional reality generators. A little arm tugged on mine. I looked down to see a mangled pile of human... I looked down to see a a mangled pile of young young human human that had been chewed up by some horrific creature. (sniffs) Blood and chewed up gore, the The little little arm arm was the only distinguishable protruding feature within the gore pile. A little index finger motioned for me to get closer. Death is certain, life is not. What little time I have, I will be the light in the shadows. For when darkness falls, the eternal fire from my passion will live on, forever. I vomited. The enemy, for me, had been all of humanity. I now knew how wrong I had been. What What is is a door? door door door. Casing, hinge, top rail, bottom rail, lock set, and and the the threshold. threshold. There are many more components that make up the building of a door. Those are the first that come to my mind that is in and out of coherence. My father and I constructed a door for a local man who needed it done here in Mexico. My father explained all of the components to me. I had to learn how to compile all of the components that built the door. That lesson is why I am able to do what I do. I am able to construct so that I can destroy. I bonded with my father in the building of that special door that was sent out bare, without paint. As I stood at the top of the concrete stairs, staring into the dark of the blue hotel's interior, I marveled at the gold-painted door that accented perfectly the heart of the blue hotel. I felt like I were the sole witness to seeing the gates of heaven as a living human. In my mind, I was now seeing the unseeable, the interior of the myth that I had made up in my mind. Fate stood before me, the door I now recognized. I hadn't seen it since I was a child. I could could feel feel the familiar, familiar, invisible stoppage of Will. will. I could not take any further steps toward the gold door that my father and I had built so long ago. I felt felt I were staring at a door that had been built by ghosts. People I had known briefly and intensely that were long dead, like people from another lifetime. I felt the inspiration that propelled me in life up to this point diminish and fade as if it were were sand sand blowing away away in the wind. Chapter 6 Chank The hidden world stood before me, laid behind the door I created decades ago with my father. Exuberance. Thrilling, exuberant (laughs) exasperation. Right now, I was supposed to be taking care of something important. I couldn't remember what that was. A task. The waves on the shore sounded far away like from another world. The cauldron of the open interior of the blue hotel shielded me from prying eyes that were scarce to begin with. Beautiful beachfront property seemingly abandoned with time. A benefactor who built this kingdom only to abandon his people. Jake. What is that? My mind whispered to me. Bloody images of death by my hands filled my waking memory. I could see me killing over and over, my heart racing faster with each imagined kill. I should be comfortable with this, I thought staring at the gold door with the silver handle. A cloud moved in between the sun's rays and myself. The blue hotel's open interior became dark with ominous shade. There was the sound of a single drip. My head turned to the left slightly to see what my instincts were telling me was wrong. I didn't fully turn around because my eyes were glued to the gold door with the silver handle that was at the heart of the blue hotel. How How am am I to do what I must now do? How am I to do what I must now do? I thought, remembering my childhood fears as a kid. The fears did not let me move past the anchor post with the gold metal encrusted on its top. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Kill? There was a shuffling sound of a foot scraping concrete behind me. This time, I turned to look only to find a silenced HK-45 pointed at my head. My eyes glanced at the dark exterior of an old man's head. I recognized the head. It was Mr. Dibbs. Had I survived the bullet that penetrated my skull and exploded the back of my head in less than a second, I would have screamed his reveal to the heavens. The color of the day turned red and gray. I fell back still, momentarily conscious, as my body spasmed. Looking back and up at the gold door that was now opened, I could see into its darkness. Colors of light, twinkling night, that began to fade to black. I looked as long as I could before death enveloped me. I looked. My last utterance before I left this earth. Change.